MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. That's UConn and everyone else in college bash, not even close. Well, UConn is head and shoulders above everyone else. And uh, Wes Reynolds, let's get a reality check on that. Yes. College Hoops Whoops. Tonight. This is VSIN Tonight, show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings had UConn as a two and a half point favorite on the road at Creighton tonight. And guess what? The Huskies got hammered 85-66, to 66, so maybe it's not UConn and everyone else. Well, we kind of forgot that this Creighton team that brought most of their team back went to the Elite Eight last year and uh, showed maybe they can make a run in the Final Four this year. They hit 14 threes tonight, and uh, this was all Creighton. They scored 1.44 points per possession on UConn. Very impressive. UConn did not shoot well from the outside tonight. 19-point win for the Blue Jays. Be a wild night in Omaha after the number one team goes down. Aaron Moore, VSIN contributor, sports media professor at Ryder University, joins us now. Aaron, uh, what do you make of the uh, top ten in college hoops? And did you think uh, it was UConn and everyone else before the Huskies went on the road tonight and got whipped by Creighton? You know, I don't think it was UConn and everybody else, as you guys were talking about, but I do think there is a separation with UConn, with Houston, with Purdue, and as much as I hate to say it, Arizona as well, I do think there is a separation with that group. But as we know, it doesn't mean the top seeds are going to win. It doesn't mean one team is superior. We're going to give them the national championship in February. But I do think those number one seeds have pushed themselves away from the rest of the group because you look at the two, the three, the four seeds, the Lenardi's bracketology, they're all really close. But I think you can say those top four seeds, they are a step above everyone else. Wes Reynolds, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, prop up of DraftKings 2. Will this team make the NCAA tournament, yes or no? And uh, Aaron Moore's got a couple of opinions on this as well. Nebraska in action on Wednesday at Indiana. It's a pick'em game. That's the opener at DraftKings. The Huskers minus 250, yes, to make the tournament, plus 190, no. How important is this game, Wes, for uh, Nebraska to make the NCAA tournament? Oh, I think they're in good shape, but certainly you want to beat a reeling team. I know it's tough to win on the road in the conference, especially the Big Ten, but uh, Indiana has already lost four games at home in conference play, including on Sunday to Northwestern. Don't be deceived by that late rally. Uh, they were down pretty big. They were down 16 with like five minutes to go. And uh, uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this game as of yet, but but this could be one Nebraska could steal on the road. They've got three winnable road games to close. They've got this one. They've got Ohio State. They've got Michigan. At least win one of those three and then hold serve at home, and I think they're easily in. Aaron Moore, have you had a chance to look at the yes-no props on uh, will teams make the NCAA tournament? The bubble props up at DraftKings, I know you've looked at these. Any jump out to you? 
Yeah, one of the main ones, Matt, and I really like the number, is the no on Cincinnati. You can get Cincinnati basically even money, minus 105 on the no. And at this time, I'm going to look at the no for teams because just think about the conversations we have about bubble teams. It's this team is in, this team is in. Add those all together, and there's about 105 teams that people think are going to go to the tournament. So I'm going to go towards the no, and I really like the no here against Cincinnati because if you look at Lenardi, he has them as one of his top team or one of the last four teams out. And looking at this remaining schedule, you got to think that Cincinnati has to have three or four wins to end out the season, and I don't think it happens. They've got Oklahoma State at TCU, at Houston, K-State at home, at, at Oklahoma, and then West Virginia. I don't see a lot of wins there. I don't necessarily think they're going to do well in the Big 12 tournament. And I really like the no against Cincinnati right now. All right, as we look ahead to the Wednesday College Hoops card, Wes Reynolds and I are going to break down as many games as possible here in the final two hours. Uh, Aaron Moore, do you have a play on the Wednesday card? I've got one play, and it's going under 148.5 UAB and Rice. Basic number play, just ran some numbers. And I like that one. I like the Andy Kennedy defense. And just looking at those teams at this point of the season, UAB definitely playing better. So I'm going to take that under 148.5. All right, that's 703-704 on the rotation, UAB hosting Rice under 148.5, and that's the uh, opening number of DraftKings. Aaron Moore with us at Pub Relation Prof on Twitter. And, uh, Aaron, let's talk some uh, college baseball because that's one of your specialties too, and you got a column up at vcend.com about college baseball futures. Kind of update everyone who's not maybe following this season that closely at this point where we are because it's early in the college baseball season. It's interesting that we're talking about it tonight, Matt, where we're talking about UConn, the number one basketball team going down. That's going to get all the attention. Well, the number one baseball team in the country went down this this evening or this afternoon. So Wake Forest, with the great pitching staff, the number one team in the country, the lowest team on the odds board at about seven to one, they fall to UNC Greensboro it was at Greensboro midweek game, non-conference, very big game for that underdog and they pull off the victory. So Wake Forest goes down and then you have another big upset in college baseball Dayton at Vanderbilt wins. So you've got two of the top teams that get upset. And I think most of the conversation is going to be about UConn basketball losing, but Wake Forest losing to Greensboro is a pretty big loss. And the uh, big riser over the weekend, though, was uh, TCU got a sweep uh, down there in Florida. They are currently number three. So as Aaron mentioned, Wake Forest goes down LSU. Number two, uh, as usual, they are up there. A lot of SEC teams, Arkansas, Florida, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, all in the uh, top ten. Aaron, I mentioned you have a column up at vcin.com on college baseball futures. Uh, talk about some of the value you can find on the board. And that's a great time to look at value. When we look at college basketball, but college baseball, the value is there. And there's some teams that you can look at. Can they make it to Omaha? Can they be one of the eight teams to make it to Omaha? And obviously, if you get a future in now, you're hoping that team gets to Omaha and you have an opportunity to monetize that ticket. And another team that has moved well up the odds board as well as the rankings is Oregon State. And that, and that's a team that I like. I wrote about that in the column. They started the season at 25 to 1. They're now 18 to 1. I've seen them 20 to 1. So that's a team that I think you got to look at. And th- that has a team that can certainly win the national championship. Another team to look at, we're talking about upsets is East Carolina. It's a very popular pick, a mid-major, not one of the power conference teams. They're sitting at about 50 to 1. Well, they lost tonight to Campbell. Once again, the local rivalry, the underdog went at them, and East Carolina lost that game. So I like East Carolina still 50 to 1. And one of my favorite bets is Northeastern. You can get them 200 to 1. 
I think they're one of the better teams in the Northeast above the Mid-Atlantic states. 200 to 1 is a great number. They're already off to a 1 and 2 start, which is not that good, but they played a very good Arizona team. So I see them really moving through the Northeast and hopefully for those that bet Northeastern, they can at least host a regional, get in the position to monetize a 200 to 1 ticket. Matt, Aaron mentioned uh, the Beavers of Oregon State, currently ranked seventh. Uh, they get Arkansas, number two in the country. Uh, triple header down there in Arlington at, uh, at Globe Life uh, Field. So uh, what I'm what I'm not used to seeing, though, until we get to like the tournament, now I'm seeing it for regular season. We've got college baseball now on the Don Best screen, which, which we didn't have. We have regular season college baseball. So uh, uh, that's good to see uh, uh, some matchups already up for Friday. No spreads. How about you, Wes? Up. Are you involved in many college baseball games so far or futures? Not yet. Uh, not really. Just, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of things going on. We're obviously in college basketball and NBA and golf and all that other stuff. But I do bet it once we get to the tournament and maybe once we get to conference tournaments. Aaron Moore with us. Aaron, how about you looking ahead to the weekend? Do you see anything? that you're going to bet uh, in college baseball on Friday? So I'm going to take Oregon State tomorrow. And tomorrow. it's one of the, the play, tomorrow. One of the plays I really like is you can get Oregon State right now minus 140 playing Texas Tech. Texas Tech just finished their game. They're playing there in Arlington. So Oregon State had the day off. It's a quick turnaround for Texas Tech. So I like Oregon State minus 140. And then I'm going to look at, once again, look at the underdogs at this time. Midweek is when you really want to look at underdogs and plus prices. JMU plus 180, they're going to be hosting Virginia Tech. It's a big game for JMU. They came off a tough series against Arkansas, one of the favorites. So I like JMU to bounce back here at home against Virginia Tech. And here's the one I hopefully can give you a plus 600, a six to one winner. But I'm going to follow this trend of midweek underdogs. You can get ETSU at six to one. They play at Knoxville against Tennessee tomorrow. Basically going to take a small play on this, thinking that you can get another underdog at obviously a great price to pull off an upset during the midweek game. All right, recap those quickly one more time. I did Oregon State minus 140 was your first play, right? Oregon State minus 140 playing Texas Tech. James Madison plus 180 hosting Virginia Tech. And then the granddaddy of them all, ETSU, 6-1 to one in Knoxville against Tennessee. All right, that's Aaron Moore, sports media professor, recent contributor at Pub Relation Prof on Twitter. Pub Relation Prof is where you can follow him. And Aaron, uh, start studying up for the Circuit College Hoops Challenge on Friday night, okay? All right, winners. <laughs> I know they're coming. Winners we gotta, are coming. We, we, gotta, we need to get a study group together, all uh, of us. We all need to find some winners. <laughs> all right, Aaron, have a great week. Appreciate the time. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you. All right, we'll talk more College Hoops as we look ahead to Wednesday here on VSIN tonight, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, the VSIN experts got you covered for college hoops. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the college hoops betting guide in March with bracket breakdowns. You also get full access to VSIN.com with the betting splits updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes. VSIN.com slash pro. To subscribe today, vsin.com slash pro. Wes, instead of pro basketball, let's talk college. NBA Mm -hmm. doesn't get going until uh, Thursday. Let's take a look at the uh, college card for Wednesday. And I want to start near the top, the Big Ten game. Illinois at Penn State. Illini laying seven and a half. They're chasing the Big Ten title, trying to chase down Purdue here. The the news in this one, the handicapping, Kanye Clary, the, the leading scorer for Penn State, 16.7 points a game, is done. He is uh, not going to be rejoining the Nittany Lions. He's off the team. He has not been playing much anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a chance this was going to happen. But now it's official, Kanye Clary not coming back. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have on Penn State? Well, I wonder, look, if it is going to be uh, addition by subtraction. I know, you know, he was their their leading scorer and uh, leading with uh, possessions. But Clary, by the way, was one of the few guys uh, that returned from the Penn State team. Of course, there was a mass exodus either to transfer or decommitments once Micah Shrewsbury took the Notre Dame job. So it is uh, Mike Rhodes from VCU comes in and he brings, I believe, uh, I think he brought in three of his own guys, uh, Ace Baldwin, uh, Nick Kern uh, as well. So a lot of transfer portal guys. This might be... This might be good for Penn State because these guys came with Mike Rhodes, Ace Baldwin, and 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 uh, Nick Kern, and I believe uh, I believe there was uh, one other one. Uh, uh, Demarco Dunn transferred in from North Carolina, and uh, you had the kid Hicks as well. So he brought some guys with him. So they might uh, you might get a big effort from Penn State here. Think so? I think uh, uh, Illinois. Held on, and, and and look, they were leading throughout, but Maryland would make a run. Maryland would make a run. Uh, never could get a, never could get it. tied. Never I, could get the lead on Saturday. I had Maryland plus two and a half, and it looked like Jameer yeah. Young was going to lead the Terps back, and then uh, came up short. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple hero ball shots that he kind of feels like Robbie has to take because Maryland can't shoot the ball. But Illinois uh, off, off two, uh, good. I mean, they trounced Michigan, and then they won by five, scored 85 against Maryland, so... Another road game, and then they'll get Iowa on Saturday. Uh, I kind of lean Nittany Lions here. I think, you know, when a guy gets dismissed, because 
all these guys were transfers. So none of these guys were on the team with this guy. So it might have been like, hey, I stuck around here and he got sideways with the coach. And uh, Penn State now has lost three in a row. Very unimpressive against Nebraska on Saturday, 68 to 49. But uh, Nittany Lions at home always seem to knock, no matter where they stand in the conference, they always seem to knock off a really good team at home. They've already done it against Wisconsin. Might be have a chance to do it against Illinois. I like Nittany Lions. I took Penn State in the points against Michigan State, and the Nittany Lions did not get it done there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it would be Penn State or pass for me, too. You get seven and a half. I love home dogs like this, and it's back-to-back road games for the Illini. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's go to the Atlantic 10. Dayton, a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite at George Mason. Dayton's having a hell of a season, kind of flying under the radar after that hideous 49-47 loss of VCU a week ago Friday. Flyers have won their last two against Duquesne and Fordham, and uh, Dayton is uh, 21-4 going into this game. Tricky spot on the road. Yeah, this is. I think this is the right number, too. I know it looks low. Dayton, by the way, tied at the top of the A-10 with uh, Loyola Chicago. Big improvement for them. They're 19-7, 11-2 in uh, A-10 play. But uh, going on the road to George Mason, this is a Dayton team that plays a slower tempo, pretty good defense, uh, uh, a good big man down low. But Mason, first year uh, for Tony Skin, who is on, on that Maryland staff, very well connected in, in the DMV. So uh, uh, good start for him. They are 17 and eight. They just won at Davidson. They just uh, trounced George Washington at home and they've had over a week off, too. Now, is that good or is that bad? Is it rest over rust here? So maybe late in the season, it's good. It's good to get that rest. So they've had eight days off before they get Dayton. That's and I think that's priced in, by the way. Because I think Dayton might be like a three or a three and a half point favorite mm-hmm. if, if it wasn't for that. Uh, because I, I, I think that's what they were laying to VCUs a little bit better than George Mason. So nothing for me as of now. I think that number's about right. All right. Which team is on top of the Southeast Conference standings? I bet you know. Of, of the SEC? SEC. I that's believe Southeastern that would Conference. be South Carolina. How about Alabama? Alabama. And that's two. Right. Bama is 10-2 and two atop the SEC, and Bama is an 8.5-point home favorite against Florida on Wednesday, game 679-680. And, um, you know, I like Bama as a long shot. I, I think Bama had a better team a year ago with Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they um, came up short against Alabama. The tie did in the tournament. Couldn't, couldn't make threes in that spot. But this is an explosive Bama team that can uh, – it shoots a ton of threes and yeah. can make them in bunches. But if you if you bet Alabama games are going to be volatile, too, with a lot of runs, I'm not going to lay this. This number is a little bit too high. Alabama, uh, the last two games, they scored 109 at LSU, and they scored 100 against Texas A&M. I think I sent via text that shot chart yep. for Alabama. It was all three and at the rim. I think there was one shot that was like a mid-range that was just outside the Compare paint. Compare that to Mike Woodson's offense at IU. Oh, God. It's like in the dark ages. Uh, Alabama, Nate Oates, they're running modern stuff. I, I like what they run. They have been playing well ever since that tough part of the schedule. They played Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona back to back to back uh, over about a week and a half span, all on the road, yeah, all away from home, nice. lost all three, but have really picked it up here. Only two losses, both on the road to Tennessee and Auburn. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing I will say, Florida can score. How about Florida a total can of score. 174 in this game? Yeah, like I was saying, Florida can score. They got 88 at Georgia over the weekend, 82 against LSU, 81 against Auburn, scored 94 at Kentucky, scored 102 against Georgia earlier this year. So they've got guys that can score. Todd Golden's done a, a really nice job with this team. The kid, uh, uh, Walter Clayton is their lead guard, but the guy that carried him over the weekend against Georgia, Zion Pullen. How about an under-the-radar right. transfer from UC Riverside? You know, balling out in the SEC and uh, oof. I'm looking at this number. I mean, it's tough to go against Alabama right now because I, tr- I actually tried it on Saturday and I, I did, made that mistake with A&M. Uh, small lean to Florida, but as of now, nothing for me. You know, I like this Bama team because you got Mark Sears shooting 45 percent from three. I think this team is less talented than last year's oh, Alabama sure. team, by but the way, but shooters. I think they're better. I actually think they're better than last year's team that got a one seed. I like what they do on the offensive end. I actually got uh, four shooters who play 
a lot of minutes who shoot better than 40% from three-point yeah. range. L- like, look at who they lost. They lost Brandon Miller, of course, the number two pick in the draft. Of course, they lost. He, had, he had a terrible game against he did, San Diego he did. State Couldn't in the, in the yeah. ocean. Uh, that shooting percentage, by the way, for Alabama, they were uh, three for 27 from the three, including Brandon Miller at one for 10, but they lost him. They lost Noah Clowney. He was a first round pick. Uh, Javon Quinterly, uh, once again in the, in the, uh, in the transfer portal as he is now playing at Memphis. Uh, uh, Jaden, Jaden Bradley, of course, uh, transfers to Arizona. Betty Yako, uh, transfers out. Uh, so, they lost a ton. They had to replace almost their whole team, except for Mark Sears and Ryland Griffin to get off the bench. And they just, they get it done. Uh, and look, that's modern basketball now. It's three and rim rate. Those are the shots. That's what the basketball analytics guys kind of tell you. And they're being proven right down in Tuscaloosa. All right, so it's Florida, Bama, eight and a half. Total of 174. I'm probably not going to have a play on the game. Are you? Uh, lean Florida, but oh, I yeah. think that number's about right. How about Notre Dame-Louisville? Let's take a quick look at this one. 687. Notre Dame, a one-and-a-half-point dog on the road, and just a massive coaching advantage here with Micah Shrewsbury against Kenny Payne. Two in a row for the Irish. They yeah. beat Virginia Tech. They beat Georgia Tech at home. Uh, I mean, I, I think both these teams are trying, even though Louisville, who I was on on Saturday, got absolutely bombed by Pitt, where Pitt made 15 threes. Uh, Louisville actually uh, looked very good early, and then uh, then it got ugly or very early for them. They've lost two in a row. They lost at BC and lost at Pitt. I think the number's about right. I think the Irish are probably going to get the money because people are going to look at that and say, how the hell is Louisville favorite? Well, Notre Dame's a massive rebuild, too. They don't have a lot of talent on, on that team. They got the kid Marcus Burton, who is the former uh, Indiana Mr. Basketball as a freshman. Uh, Coach Shrewsbury's kid's a nice little shooter uh, from three, but not very deep. Uh, Julian Roper, former Northwestern transfer, also a starter. Not very deep and not very big. Uh, they're going to get better, though, at Notre Dame. But coin flip game, I think, here. Lean Louisville, but no bet for me. Notre Dame has not won a road game since January 9th in overtime at Georgia Tech. See, I can I could bet the Irish at home in this spot. I would love to bet the Irish. Oh, at home, absolutely! But I, I don't think I can do it on the road here because I think they're trying. And look, I, I think Louisville, even though they have some erratic performances, uh, they're trying a little bit more. They've actually been running better stuff in the half court of late. All right, we'll talk more college hoops betting. We've got a lot to preview on the Wednesday card. Stay tuned, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back to VSIN tonight as we break down the college hoops card on Wednesday. And Wes Reynolds, we did talk a little Big Ten with Illinois Penn State. I do want to talk about the Nebraska Indiana game because it's a big one for the Cornhuskers who are kind of on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. And you can find that prop at DraftKings. We talked about it. Nebraska right now, minus 250 favorite to make the tournament in a pick'em game in Bloomington. And the Hoosiers have all sorts of problems right now, starting with the coach, Mike Woodson, lack of three-point shooters. Mm -hmm. This is a team that's not really playing for anything at this point, right? Yeah, look, and and he was asked, uh, I guess did an interview, I think it might have been from the coach's show, but had some interesting comments. Doesn't usually talk to the media very much. uh, But, uh, you know, said about, uh, you know, that, He's going to be back, you know, because somebody asked him how long he plans to coach. I I think that's uh, up to his buddy Quinn Buckner, who's the head of the board of trustees. And from what I'm hearing, it's at least another year that he that he that he's going to get because, look, Archie Miller got four years, didn't make the tournament. Mike Woodson (laughs) has made the tournament the last two years and actually got a win uh, in both NCAA tournaments. But this year been a very down year, just a very disconnected group. At Indiana, we don't know who's going to be back. They clearly do not have a lot of good three-point shooting. Uh, Kalel Ware, you know, is he one year and gone? Is McKenzie and Baco the same? So a lot of questions uh, about this team. Just no depth at the guard position. Didn't get anybody in the portal. Couldn't land anybody. He even had to, the nerve to say, yeah, we were surprised that Jalen Huchifino ended up being a one and done. I'm like, everybody oh. knew but you. 
Everybody knew but you, Mike Woodson. I was just surprised. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy went in the middle of the first round of the freaking Los Angeles Lakers. I you mean, know, we're going to talk a little bit later about Rick Patino and coaches who make excuses when they start losing. Yes. That's a lame excuse from Mike Woodson. It is. Look, Mike Woodson, uh, and I've learned that about him already, he d- doesn't really always take accountability. Kind of always throws his guys under the bus. Like, I got to give him over the hump. I got to get him over the hump. Well, you're the hump. You're the hump they got to get over, man. Uh, so uh, uh, they are the yeah the Hoosiers got Nebraska tomorrow. Uh, already lost uh, big uh, by 16 uh, there in Lincoln at the start of January. Well, the Huskers are a different team outside of Lincoln. They but, are, yeah. which is which is why I'm not necessarily rushing to take the Corn Huskers uh, here. To be honest with you, uh, you know what, Matt? As ridiculous as it sounds, and I don't know if I'm even going to bet it, I'd lean Indiana here just because everybody's been so down on this team for good reason. I know they only lost by three to Northwestern on Sunday, but they were down by 16. And and then Mike Woodson had to say, got to make your free throws. I was like, yeah, what's that going to do when you're down 16, man? Uh, you know, I know you missed a couple late, but you were scrambling and in a foul fest game. But I was getting outplayed by the Purple Cats most of the they way. Were. They were. They were. And credit Nebraska off off off, off a loss, uh, or, or excuse me, Northwestern off a loss, uh, came in and played uh, very well. Without Ty Berry, one of their best players. Yeah. So if you want to make excuses, hey, Northwestern's without one of its top players. Mm-hmm. Mike Woodson's trying to... Make excuses about his point guard being hurt. He's, lean, been, he's been out for two months. I'd lean Indiana here, uh, especially. Uh, I think there is so much negative. We always talk about buying on bad news. There's yeah. so much negativity swirling around this Indiana program right now. I kind of feel like this is a good spot. to I do, Indiana. too. And yeah. I would I would like Nebraska to become the favorite. I think they're still laying one and a couple spots out here uh, in the desert, but it's pretty much pick them across the board uh, as a home underdog I'd be very interested but I do think that this is probably the right spot for Indiana you know you you see teams that just aren't the same away from home and Nebraska I think has got one of those one of the biggest home road they're kind of a little bit like the Maryland last year of, of the Big Ten where they really you know, couldn't win on the road, and and mm-hmm. and they haven't. And then, and, and this is a team that does have one road win at a conference. They won at Kansas State, which is a tough place to win in the Octagon of Doom. But have already lost, I believe, six on the road: Wisconsin, Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois, Northwestern. Uh, so, and they lost to Minnesota too back in December. I keep forgetting the Big Ten starts so right. early, but. Indiana is probably the side here for me. So DraftKings has up the bubble prop. Will teams make the tournament, yes or no? Nebraska, yes, is minus 250. And you and I both like the Cornhuskers to make the tournament because they have so many big-time home wins. How about Indiana State? Yes, is minus 135. The Sycamores are backed against the wall after a couple losses here in the last week and a half. Uh, I believe you bet this matchup the first time around. Now it's Indiana State at Valparaiso, 701-702 on the rotation. Indiana State, a 16-and-a-half-point road favorite. Sycamores, Crusaders. Any take for you here? Total of 157. Uh, Yeah, Valpo, uh, you know, very much down this year. Uh, Roger Powell, the former uh, Illinois fighting Illini player, is the coach. They're dead last in the conference at 2-and-14. Indiana State, uh, first time around against Valpo, just an absolute uh, uh, drill job. This was actually two weeks ago, 101-61. to Indiana State did not let down over their big win, uh, which they had had. They had a huge win on national TV over Drake, didn't let down at all. But they've lost their last two, and... Going on, going on the road here, just looking at the number. What did you say the number was, 16? 16 and a half. Okay. Uh, probably a bit inflated in terms of the number. You know what? It's interesting. I'm seeing out there offshore, I'm seeing 14, 15, 16, 16 and a half. So, yeah, it opened 14. It's up a little bit. Yeah, probably a bit inflated, but I, I don't have any interest in Valpo. This mm-hmm. might be kind of like the get right for Indiana State after they lost to and then you get a weak opponent, take it out on him, even though that's a big number to lay on the road, but I'd only lay it rather than take it. Friday night, we did the Circa College Hoops Challenge. It was the night before the Saturday bloodbath in the contest. Uh, had Ken Thompson on, Las Vegas radio host and handicapper, and he mentioned his buddy David Deneen, who's also in the contest. Deneen is in uh, Reno, former college hoops player. He's got connections that say the next DePaul coach. Did, did you catch that? I did not. Next DePaul coach was going to be, and I just blanked on it. I'm going to have to check with him who he said it was, but uh, he had good connections. Did he say Josh Shirts? 
He did not say the Indiana okay, State coach. Okay, because there's oh, been rumors. That's why I brought it up. Because of the Valpo connection, Bryce Drew. So Bryce Drew's going to go from Grand Canyon mm-hmm. to DePaul. Does that make sense to you? It could. I mean, look, it's a step up from the whack to the Big East. And I'm sure Bryce Drew also, you know, wants to make amends for what happened at Vanderbilt. Uh, where Remember Darius Garland uh, got hurt and they went. That was the last team, by the way, because I was watching that Tennessee-Missouri winless game the other night. The that was the last winless team in the SEC that, that ended up having uh, two lottery picks. Uh on that uh, Vanderbilt team. But Garwin did not play the entire season. No, no, he did not. He he was hurt. And, uh, you know, uh, Bryce Drew, I know that he he wants to make, he wants to make amends uh, f- uh, for that season, uh, get another chance at the big time. Uh, remember, they were nine and twenty three. I believe that was the twenty nineteen season where they had Darius Garland. They had uh, Aaron Neesmith, who is now uh, playing for the uh, Indiana Pacers, I believe. uh a uh, couple, couple other transfers, but yeah, to go zero and eighteen in that conference. So I, I, I could see Bryce Drew going to DePaul and wanting to make amends. How about DePaul is a twenty-five and a half point, and I'm twenty-six here at circa twenty-five and a half DraftKings dog at Marquette, and you know the Golden Eagles want yeah. to. Uh, they're 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 stinging from that blowout loss at UConn. Well, the Paul's on the do not bet list, even though they did cover <laughs> at Providence on Saturday. And look, I usually don't have that because I'm always thinking, well, there's always a price where I'm willing to take somebody. But the Paul to me, Matt, is on the do not bet list. They're three and 22, oh, and 14 in the big East. Uh, I could see Marquette, you know, beating them by 50 or kind of messing around and getting up early and, uh, you know, letting a team back in. I, that that actually benefited me earlier this year against a game against Notre Dame where it seemed like Marquette was up 40 and somehow Notre Dame gets inside the number. Marquette also has a big game with Xavier coming in. This starts a homestand for them. DePaul, Xavier, and Providence, uh, three games in a row. So chance for the Golden Eagles to get right. What did you make of Marquette's uh... – Marquette getting massacred at UConn because, uh, you know, I'm not going to make too much of it. It just even, happens, doesn't it? That was a, it was a consensus play in our contest Friday night. Uh, we had five handicappers who took seven with Marquette. It was tied to 18, 10 minutes into the game, and then boom. Yeah. UConn in a blowout in the second half. He didn't even need to watch it. Yeah, well, look, th- this team had won, I believe, uh, what was it, eight in a row, so – they're not removed from obviously playing good basketball. Just uh, just didn't go well. They didn't shoot the ball. UConn got on the run. The crowd was into it there at the XL Center. And it just one of those games that happens. I don't think that this is necessarily a sign to like totally sell all your Marquette stock uh, necessarily. Uh, Marquette has the three games at home. They'll go to Creighton and uh, then they get UConn back there. I believe was it uh, two Wednesdays uh, from tomorrow? They'll get UConn back in uh, the Fisher Forum. You know, it's um, it's always worth talking about. I, I can't say it's amazing because we've seen it happen over and over. We've known this for years and years. But the strength of home courts in college basketball, it's um, – it's stronger west of home advantage in college hoops than any other sport. Yeah. And and look, you've seen a lot of those upsets, too. How about UConn? Going, yes. going on the road tonight, getting blown out by 19, a mm-hmm. few days after blowing out Marquette a by f- 20. A few days after everybody's like, even Shaka was like, this is the best UConn team we ever played. And he might be right, but look. It's college basketball. There's not a dominant team. There's some very good ones, but there's no one dominant team. Kentucky was very good. In an upset win at Auburn over the weekend, we'll talk about John Calipari and the Wildcats and also golf betting when we come back. VSEN tonight. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, new players can deposit $5 to get a no-sweat bet up to 1000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. Official sports betting partner of the NBA, promo code VSIN, and uh, Wes, the association has a really good schedule coming out of the break on Thursday. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Um, I'm going to ask you which game appeals to you most. Let's go with uh, Knicks at Sixers, Suns at Mavericks, Celtics at Bulls, how about Clippers at OKC, and Lakers at Warriors, that's the Thursday schedule in NBA. Yeah, it's the biggest uh, Thursday schedule we have in a while. Usually we have that TNT doubleheader, and you only have like three or four games on a Thursday. Uh, uh, Knicks, uh, Sixers, it's going to be intriguing who's going to play. We know Randall's been out for the Knicks, and Anobi's been out. Looks like Hartenstein going to go, DiVincenzo, Bogdanovich uh, for the Sixers. We know Embiid out indefinitely with that that knee issue. Tobias Harris listed as questionable as well. So it's like, who's going to play for these guys? Because the Sixers kind of seem like if there's a candidate in the East to be a little bit of the dropper, maybe to fall into that play-in spot, it could be the Philadelphia 76ers. I know that sounded absurd, but they're already down to the five spot right now. And uh, two games ahead of the Pacers. Pacers would be the six. Pacers might be a good try-hard team here in the second half to try to get that home playoff series. But uh, Knicks currently right now, the four, they're a half game over Philadelphia. So I got to wait to see who plays uh, in in uh, that one. Uh, Phoenix and Dallas, of course, uh, that would be, I believe. Uh, oh, no, that wouldn't be a matchup. Phoenix is the five. Dallas is the seven. Uh, Bradley Beal still battling that hamstring issue. So got to obviously wait to see if both Luka and Kyrie are going to play. That especially like affects props in terms of like usage rates. And, you know, that's what I've been playing a, a little bit more this year. But you really can't. It's tough to do that like overnight. But you you really got to do that during the day and anticipate, Okay, who's going to play? Look at the minutes. How many minutes the guy played the night before? Are they going to play those extended minutes uh, going against somebody maybe off a season higher and a normally high score if somebody drops 50 or something? So that's something you could do uh, with the uh, prop market. But uh, uh, Lakers Warriors, you know, if LeBron is going to play, remember the last time, uh, they beat the Warriors in overtime a couple Saturday nights ago. Really good NBA game, actually. Yeah, I thought the Warriors got screwed by the officials they did. in that game, too. They did. Uh, Warriors, by the way, at uh, four and a half. And uh, uh, they dropped a couple and, and are only like one game over 500. And uh, 
you know, talking with somebody last night, it's like Steph hasn't had his injury yet where he's really missed extended time, but, you know, kind of feels like it's coming at least uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, Warriors uh, blew that game, of course, on that Wednesday night last week against the Clippers at home. Uh, uh, I do think Jonathan Kaminga has given this team a little bit of a spark, though, because they need that third score. Despite the fact uh, of what Draymond Green said about my hometown, they've actually played better since he has returned uh, into the lineup. But these young kids got to keep giving them something. Uh, Kuminga and Pods are really going to be keys for these guys. What did Draymond say about Indianapolis? I missed. He was just like, uh, Reggie, uh, we can't have, you know, to Reggie Miller, we can't have another all-star game here in Indy. Like, we, we can't have another one because it, w- it was cold. Let, let's be honest. It was like 12 degrees, but it can be cold in San Francisco. I know. Well, uh, and he said it something was cold then, in Vegas on Super Bowl week. Exactly. And okay. uh, and uh, Charles, Charles goes, Reggie, would you rather be cold or rather be around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco? He goes, you can't even walk down there. And then Draymond Green and Taylor Rooks like, yeah, you can walk down there. You can walk around in the city. And Charles, of course, goes, yeah, with a bulletproof vest. That's pretty good. I missed that. Charles, Charles, uh, Charles has free St. Elmo's for life now in Indianapolis, uh, taking up for our fine, fair city. All right, we'll talk more NBA in the final hour tonight. Talk about NBA prospects. How many does Kentucky have? Wes, I'm going to reel off some names here, and you tell me if you think these guys will be drafted this year. Antonio Reeves, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, Trey Mitchell, DJ Wagner, <laughs> Aaron Bradshaw, Zavonimir, Visek, the big Z. The big Z. There's actually one, two, three, four, five. I, I just mentioned seven players. How many of those do you think you'd get drafted this year? Uh, I Well, I mean, obviously it depends Reeves, on Dillingham, Shepard, Mitchell, Wagner, Bradshaw, big Z. Well, uh, I, I think there's a couple going in the first round, and Reed Shepard is certainly one of them. Uh, he's been in all the uh, all the mocks and uh, and all that stuff. I, I think Dillingham's probably, supposed to be a first rounder too. Dillingham, right? DJ Wagner, yeah. uh, there's on, three first rounders right there. Onieso, most likely. Onieso is looking like he is going to be perhaps a first round pick because he's going to be a first rounder too. He's like maybe four late, points a game, late first round. He's wow. he's got size. Uh, Dylan Hammond Shepard may go in the lottery, or they're certainly at least going to go in the middle of the first round. But Onieso, I think uh, DJ Wagner may be a late first rounder. So I think at least four. Wow. So I didn't even name it Onieso. I, I figured he was going to stay another year. He's a seven-footer, about 250. He's got a mm-hmm. nice body. He looks like an NBA player. Aaron Bradshaw, by the way, because he's had so many injuries, it was projected maybe to be a one-and-done. I think he's probably coming back. Yeah, he needs to come back. I do, too. His body's not NBA-ready. Right. But if you think about how much NBA talent is on this Kentucky roster, and you I said, know. where is it? Uh, the Wildcats lost three in a row. I know a lot of betters who lost a boatload of money on that Gonzaga game on February 10th when uh, the Zags rolled in there and took the Wildcats down at Rupp for their third straight home loss, 89-85. And then after that, Kentucky bounces back, takes care of Ole Miss, wins that game by 12, and then the big one at Auburn on Saturday. Man, that place was rocking. ESPN College game day was Mm -hmm. there. Bruce uh, Pearl was fired up, yeah. and Kentucky rolled they, Auburn they 70 to 59. How do you hold Auburn to 59 well, points? And that's what I'm wondering here is, like, this defensive resurgence, you know, for real, you know, experimenting with a little bit of zone because we know how bad Kentucky has been defensively. This might be the worst defensive team that Cal has ever had, but it's one of the best offensive teams, certainly the best outside shooting team that he has probably had. Look, they held Ole Miss, who's a pretty good offense in its own right, to 63, and they held Auburn to 50. Now, LSU, very high-scoring offense. LSU LSU defensively, though, is absolutely pitiful. They are, I, I think, uh, they're not the worst, but they're down near the bottom with, like, Mizzou and Vanderbilt and Arkansas, Ole Miss as well. They're not very good defensively. Offensively, they can be good, but they've got a little bit of an identity crisis because Matt McMahon, uh, who came in from Murray State, wants to run like a uh, traditional motion offense instead of running uh, the kid uh, uh, Jalen Cook off the off the ball screen and then and letting him cook. By the way, he did not play in the win at South Carolina on uh, Saturday. Has missed several games this year. That was year. a surprising win. For that us. was because it's like, is South Carolina going to rebound? But sometimes when you get a long winning streak snapped, 
you lose the second game too, and there was a hangover effect, and there clearly was. Uh, market coming in on on Kentucky. Uh, I know the power ratings guys make it like four. This open five. Now you're seeing some sevens even out there. A little bit much to lay on the road against a team that can really score. I, man, I feel like maybe I got to wait and see one more game if if Kentucky, if this defensive resurgence for Kentucky is just you know a coincidence or if it's a pattern. Even after holding Auburn to 59 points, I, I still can't believe that. But right. I, that's one thing that uh, I, I'm not surprised Kentucky covered. But again, and Kentucky opened a 10-point dog at DraftKings, bet down to 8.5. Mm-hmm. Sharper money was on the underdog in that game. But for Kentucky to go to Auburn with that defense and hold the Tigers to 59 on their home floor where Auburn had been just rolling yeah. opponents. 0.88 points per possession. How do you predict that? So I, even after that game, Kentucky now is 82 on the defensive efficiency chart at Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Number 82, and that's after the Auburn. They, they were, they were uh, in the hundreds. Right, we're uh, in the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, Kentucky, and I was looking at that for futures because, remember, everybody was getting on them for a while, and then they drifted to, like, the mid-teens. Now they're back to, like, 25 to 1. I've got Kentucky at uh, I think at 25 to 1, it's worth a nibble at least. Well, it's too late for me. I bet Kentucky at 20 to 1, yeah. so just going to have to stick with that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, that's obviously not the worst of it, but this is a pretty good three-point shooting team. They don't turn the ball over either. They run really good stuff offensively, which I'm not used to for Kentucky because they always did that, like, that dribble drive offense and it was kind of, you know, you know, dribble that ball and give it a headache. Now they actually move the ball and screen and spread the floor and they got shooters like Dillingham, like Reed Shepard, uh, like Reeves, uh, who's a, a veteran guy. So this Kentucky team is 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 very capable, but I want to see another game or two if that defensive uh, resurgence is real. All right, quick tease. To our golf preview in the final hour, Wes, it's the Mexico Open, and Tony Finau is a favorite at single-digit odds. You're going to look for some bombs. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going with Finau. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, some shorter prices on some guys that haven't won. So, uh, uh, you know, got, got a few here this week. A uh, lot of placement markets. I think that's where you can take advantage this week. But a very downfield in between the end of the West Coast swing and the beginning of the Florida swing next week uh, down at PGA National. College Hoops, NBA, NFL, and golf betting all in the final hour tonight on the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.